Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk about purpose with inspiring people making a positive impact with their lives. We are particularly interested in social enterprises and entrepreneurs. We will listen to them reflect on their journeys and take time to dig deeper in order to better understand what really motivates their choices. All right, well, welcome along, everyone. I'm really glad you could join me on this episode as we get the chance to speak with Abdigani Ali and Osman Ahmed. Now, this is a very unusual episode because normally I only record with one person, but in this case, Abdi said that he had a friend who he was bringing along. So I said, why don't we just do a recording with both of you? And so that's what we've got here today. The other thing that makes this episode quite unusual is that we're speaking with Osman, who was shot in the attacks in March. So obviously hearing his perspective on that day, that experience, and what it meant to him as it happened, but then also what it's meant in a positive way going forwards for both him and his community. We really get into detail about that, both with Osman and with Abdi. Here's an excerpt from that interview. He went outside. There's no chance to, to me to get up. But he was too fast mm. to grab things, the other one again, and start shooting. Mm. The second time he gone out, that's the time he took a bit longer because he started shooting people outside. Mm. That's the time I got up. I found the window broken and I drilled and jumped from the the wall. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. It's quite a rich, deep one because we're hearing a very different perspective from what some of us might have heard otherwise. And obviously, because Osman is giving his perspective, he goes into lots of detail about his memories of the day. So I would just urge caution for those who want to listen to this. Um, I haven't really edited out anything because I felt like this was his authentic story to be told. So just bear that in mind. And we start talking with Abdi about his life, and then we move on and chat with Osman about his. And I think it's so important to hear these stories of immigrants to New Zealand to understand what it's like for them to be living here and what they think the future holds for New Zealand. So we're not going to delay, we're just going to dive straight into this interview. But if you do enjoy it, then keep in mind this is the 108th episode, so you might want to check out some of the earlier ones as well. Also, there's a Facebook page where I try and post videos and other behind-the-scenes content, as well as the website, theseeds.nz. Now let's get into this interview with Abdi and Osman. Well, it's a real pleasure to welcome Abdigani Ali, who's the founder and chairman of Canterbury Resilience Foundation. Thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Well, it's great to be here, Stephen. And um, the, Abdi, this is kind of an unusual episode because you brought someone with you. And yes. this is going to be awesome. We've got an extra voice here. We've got Osman Ahmed from the Canterbury Muslim Community Trust, or CMCT. Thanks for coming along, Osman. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, great to see you. Yeah, so normally, normally what I do, you see, is I have um, one person who I'm interviewing, but I'm making an exception because I think both of you have amazing stories, and this podcast is really about um, sharing stories of people who are doing really good things in our community, um, and particularly after the attacks in March, I think it's really important to hear as many different voices as we can. Um, so what we're going to do is talk a little bit about what you're both involved in because I know both of the initiatives and you're kind of collaborating which is amazing um, but both of the initiatives are really um, looking at Muslim community and also the attacks and sort of what's the aftermath of that um, so we're going to get into that in lots of detail but I'd love to find out about people's stories 
before we talk about what they're doing now. So what we're going to do is jump from each of you, and starting with you, Abdi, um, I'd just love to hear a bit more of your background. Can you tell us a bit about where you're from? Oh, thank you, Stephen. Um, well, my name is Abdi Ghani Ali. Um, my family originate from Somalia, which mm-hmm. is in the east of Africa, right next to Ethiopia and Kenya. Uh, we migrated to New Zealand in 1997. Mm-hmm. At that time, I was eight, eight to nine years old. Yeah, mm-hmm. eight turning nine. Yeah. And so, uh, what are your memories of of childhood before you came here? Then, well, like seven, eight years old. Like, mm. I actually do have memories of that age. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just curious about what your memories are of Somalia. And yeah, well, definitely, I do have uh, some memories. Obviously, um, they're very vague memories. But yeah, I remember my childhood, my friends playing around, and also. Um, what sort of things did you enjoy playing with your friends? Like, what was the? Were you out in the street playing games? Or? Yeah. Uh, so football was a big thing yep. in Africa. So playing football on the street, mm-hmm. um, you know, bare feet <laughs> might seem very simple, but at the time it was really fun as kids. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was a, a great experience, um, great enjoyment. Mm-hmm. But obviously, after the, um, the the civil war that happened in Somalia, um, it wasn't a, uh, a safe place to be, mm-hmm. and uh, we migrated to. Uh, Kenya first um, oh. in a refugee camp and then after that we um, fortunate enough to receive uh, sponsorship and um, come to New Zealand and start a new life here. Mm. So what had your parents I guess known about New Zealand before they got the news that <laughs> <laughs> this is the new country that you're going to? Not too much to be honest. Yeah. Uh, to be honest at the start they thought it was Switzerland <laughs> <laughs> because of this uh, similarity of um, the name. Right. Um, they've heard of Switzerland, but they haven't heard of New Zealand. So um, not much at all. Uh-huh. But as we got here, as we were welcomed, as we made this our new home, mm. um, uh, we've totally grown to love New Zealand and mm. their culture. Mm. And it's a place where we can keep our identity, our culture, and also um, embrace the, the local culture uh, mm. of New Zealand. Mm. Mm. So what was it like for, I guess, talking about, you know, those first couple of years when you'd just arrived, mm. what are your memories of that? You know, as a nine, 10 year old, how, how was it? Uh, very interesting. Um, at the time when I came, I spoke no English. I could right. only speak uh, Somali and Arabic. Um, but, you know, as a kid, when you're thrown into a school, obviously you automatically start making friends. Um, you know, you it's not very hard to find a way to communicate. Mm. And one of the ways I found, which was a great communication tool, was sports. Mm. Um, I loved playing soccer at the time. So um, obviously when you're playing soccer, you have to interact with your teammates, mm-hmm. um, you know, pass me the ball, kick it here, and slowly yeah. after. So those are some of the first words you're learning maybe. Yeah, huh? <laughs> <laughs> pass me the ball or shoot or. Yeah. Uh, I remember at the time, actually, every Friday we had school sports around lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And I really liked sports, but I had a dilemma where uh, that was a time that I think back then it was called the ESOL, ESOL, oh, yeah. the English speakers of other languages. English second language, yeah. Yeah, um, those classes were being held at the time on Friday at sports. So what oh, I no. used to do was, uh, <laughs> when when it's sports time, I used to sneak out to the um, the field and I start playing sports and my English teacher would come looking for me and she'd be like, Abdi, <laughs> you have to learn English, come. And then I'd be disappointed, then I'd go. But it was good because at the same time I was um, getting... You know English English lessons, and yeah. um, on top of me interacting with the the pupils, uh, mm. I was learning it in class as well with my ESL ESL. I don't know what it's called now, but yeah, ESL teacher. Yeah. 
Um, so it was great. So and that's how I um, uh, picked up my language skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was it Christchurch that you came to originally, or were you? Well, in first Park? we settled in um, Hamilton okay. for about the first year, mm-hmm. and then after that uh, we moved to Palmerston North and Manawatu. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I spent my intermediate and most of my high school in Palmerston North. Mm. Yeah. And how many of your family came to New Zealand? Like, was it your parents and siblings or were there other people? Or? Yeah, so we were two families. It was my parents, my siblings. Um, at the time we were, sorry, my father came later, a year later than us, but it was my mum. And because uh, now we're 10, we're a big family. Right. Um, but at the time we were minus three because my father wasn't there. Yeah, and the twins were born in Hamilton. I see. So um, there was an addition to the family of um, twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were just me, my mother, um, and uh, the kids, apart from the twins that were that were born there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And can you just put yourself into your parents' shoes, I guess, for a little minute? Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about their experience coming as adults with young children to a new country like this. Like, what what was it like for them? Well, um. It was very new. They did not know where they were going, mm-hmm. what to expect, if we would be welcomed, if we would, you know, integrate into society well. Mm-hmm. So obviously they had the concerns how their children would be treated at school, being foreigners, not speaking the language. So they had those kind of uh, misconceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we went to school, as we interacted with the community, as we had people coming to our homes and you know mm-hmm. uh, social workers and people that welcome the the new, newly arrived refugees they felt they felt kind of at ease you know mm. um, that it's not as bad as they thought or as expected mm. and that New Zealand is a very welcoming country mm. yeah. well I'd love to talk a bit more about this in a minute um, because I think this is one of the the results of the attacks and the kind of people being more open about talking about what the immigrant experience actually is. Um, Because you can hear from my accent that I actually grew up in the States um, until I was seven. (laughs) And then we moved to New Zealand. So my accent doesn't actually, it's not a true indication of my heart. (laughs) Like this is my home. But um, for us coming as a family, you know, this was in the 1980s. And it was a very, very white country. (laughs) And, um, you know, at the time I remember that it was difficult to find something simple like ketchup. Mm. You know, it's kind of a s- simple thing, but w- <laughs> they had tomato sauce, yes. which doesn't <laughs> taste the same as ketchup. <laughs> yes, yes, it's different. I, so, I actually had that experience as you? well in yeah. overseas. So uh, I'm not sure which, I think ketchup is m- a bit more tangy, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so it's uh, kind of a bit more American. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we're getting sidetracked, but I love it. Um, yeah. but, but let's talk about that a little bit in a little bit um i just want to finish off in in terms of your own background and what was it like for you then growing up as a teenager here and you know um and and what you've been doing since mm. then yeah well um by then i'm as i became a youth uh i started to pick up the language a lot better mm-hmm. um, i could communicate and ex- express myself a lot better mm-hmm. so that made it a lot easier uh, for me to um, participate in activities and get a job and you know, become part of society. So as I grew up as a youth and kept getting older, it started becoming easier and easier for yeah. me. Uh, so it was really great. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure if you've been to Palmerston North, but it's a lovely little city. I have there. been, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my best friends, he was the best man at my wedding, lives in Palmerston North. Oh, nice. So I go visit him from time to time. Yeah, That's very excellent. flat. <laughs> yeah, very flat, very uh, 
spacious. Yeah. And um, my my older brothers at the time, they were, they were going to university. They've got oh, the massive okay. university over there. Yep. Uh, so, um, so you had your high school years in Palmy? Yeah, intermediate yep. and uh, high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And what did you do after high school? Well, um, after high school, my... Um, and my elder brothers graduated uni. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family decided to move to Australia. Okay. So they, um, s- I spent a bit of time in Australia, mm-hmm. and but then I've decided to come back and you know continue my life in New Zealand. Right. So I've got some family in New Zealand, some family in Australia as well. So, right. um, that was my journey um, after high school, and then since then I've I've started getting into more volunteer work mm-hmm. uh, and also. Uh, I'm pursuing my career, so I've got a bit of a background in HR and human resources. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a nine-to-five is great, but I thought I could do a bit more yeah. um, than a nine-to-five, and so that's when I started getting into volunteer work. Yeah. And that's actually how we met, isn't it? Because that's you right. came because um, you wanted to set up a charitable trust. That's <laughs> <correct>. yes. <laughs> and I think um, that's all all through now, which yes. is great. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You've so got your charity services number and yes. you're able to get donations. And Yes, that's great. Yeah. Like it was a really, um, you know, it was a, it was a long process, I would say. Um, mm. Not as long as others, but when it comes to all the formalities, um, the registration, mm-hmm. when it comes to getting things right, um, it was a long process, but it's something to learn from. Mm-hmm. And it's something I can also share with other people that might be going through the same journey as me, mm-hmm. what kind of obstacles I faced and... Um, but to be honest, uh, it was really, it was a great learning experience, actually. It was mm-hmm. a great learning experience. And, you know, I appreciate you and your uh, your services that you've provided for us. And not only that, just also the, the mentorship and the, the all the advice and the connections that you, you, you have given our foundation. So I really appreciate it. And it was good to be a part of your Impact Lunch, yeah. um, which I've met some um, great people. Um, and made some uh, great connections there as well, yeah. um, which I use to this day. So I really oh, appreciate good. it. Yeah. Yeah. No. No problem at all. If I see someone who's doing some good things, I always try, if I can, you know, to. I think connecting is important. It is. Yeah. It is. Networking is really important. Yeah. Mm. So um, don't worry, Osman. We're going to turn to you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Abdi, I'm just curious. You know, you represent someone who's grown up with a dual culture. You know, you, you've got the, because you've grown up in high school, you've studied here, you know, you've lived in Australia and New Zealand. So you you understand the, I guess, the Western culture of New Zealand. But at the same time, you've come from, you know, very different contexts, very different background. What's it like to have that sort of dual identity? How do you, how do you manage that? Well, um, to be honest, I think it's... Uh the main thing to do is celebrate your identity, celebrate who you are. Yeah. Um, some people tend to, I don't know whether it's um, from the fear of facing backlash, they try to hide their culture, hide the identity. Mm-hmm. But um, we're fortunate enough to live in a country like New Zealand where celebrating your identity is promoted mm. and it's encouraged. So it wasn't very difficult for me to kind of hold on to my kind of culture and heritage and also celebrate the uh, New Zealand culture mm. so um, it wasn't that difficult mm-hmm. to be honest in a country like New Zealand mm-hmm. and uh, I think that gives me great experiences as well for the youth that are coming up today mm. uh, I can understand what they're going through I can, asta- I can understand somewhat of like you know how their home life is and how their school life is and um, and that's what we are kind of aiming for at our foundation as well mm. um, our focus is youth but our primary focus is uh uh, 
multicultural youth. Yeah. And, uh, but at, again, it's all about inclusion and bringing everyone together. Mm. Yeah. And as we said, it's relatively new and you're still exploring what shape that will actually take. Exactly. But right. part of it's going to involve sport, I think, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Coming back to your childhood. Yes. 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 <laughs> definitely. Sport. So sport is something I am. Um, I loved um, growing up. Yeah. It was something I enjoyed. I got some sort of uh, fulfillment from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can understand um, what today's youth, uh, are, when it comes to sport, what sport actually means to them. Yeah. And we're recording this on Friday night, the 7th of June. Yes. <laughs> and you said you're about to go to something, which is like a 24-hour correct. sport uh, yes. soccer, right? Or That's correct. Yes. Yeah. So um, I'll be heading off uh, in the next few hours to uh, Shirley Boys High School, which are holding a great event. Mm-hmm. It's a 24-hour uh, futsal tournament. Mm. Um I hope that the same players are not playing for the 24 hours, <laughs> but um, they'll be changing teams and anyone can, can come and participate. Mm. Um, it's a gold coin donation mm. um, with a good cause. It's um, raising money for Atta Alian, who was one of our beloved community members that we've mm. lost. Mm. And um, as some people might know, he was involved in futsal. He mm. played for the national team yep. of New Zealand. So um, it's a great way to, again, mm. bring the youth out. Uh, and also celebrate um, the lives of the ones that we've lost yeah. and also um, raise money for a great cause. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah as you know, um, I knew Atta, and yes. so that was a huge shock the day after um, reading in the newspaper because I think his name was one of the first ones that was released. Yes, yes. And I just, you know, just couldn't believe it, like, ah, uh, because I'd literally been emailing and phone calls mm. earlier that week it was just shocking it so. was it was very shocking not just to our community the muslim community but also to the wider canterbury community and the wider new zealand community yeah um and um everyone that we've lost was special to us yeah and um yeah they will be missed but i think that from now is how do we overcome how do we mm. make their um lives um meaningful mm. as in how do we continue the legacy mm. And that's why um, we believe working with different communities mm. uh, and bringing some sort of inclusion and belonging within our wider community is going to um, uh, be an inspiration mm. to, to, to the coming generation. Mm. Well, yeah, I think at particularly Canterbury Resilience Foundation, your aim is really to empower those young people who've been affected, not just in the Muslim community, but beyond that as well, and to and I guess through your events to have some connecting going on, right? Exactly right. That's yeah. our aim. That's our aim. Inclusion. And um, we are one. I yeah. think you've heard that phrase before. We are one. Kiakaha. So that's, our, uh, that's what we're striving off. That's what we're um, you know, using as a tool. Yeah, that's cool. Well, what we'll do is in the show notes, we'll put links to each organization and then people can find out more because I know you've got a website and yes. you know there's lots of info so people can discover it themselves. Excellent. Um, I think what we'll do, if it's okay, let's, let's turn the microphone this direction. Yeah. And I'd love to ask some questions of you, Osman. And the people who are listening can't see us talking, <laughs> but you came in and um, and you've got a little crutch over here in the corner, and um, and the reason for that is that you were there on the day um, when the shootings happened, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. This yeah. is one of the uh, <coughs> the best day of us and each one of us like coming up mm-hmm. as today mm-hmm. in the morning waking up. Whoever had a job has have an off day for. For him to go to worship, mm. 
and that's all the Friday that we call if you know as our colleague working that the Friday night is a big day for us mm. to finish the job and say let's have a hang up and but for the Muslims the Friday is is like what we gotta say uh, Eid day yes. is a day of the celebrity mm. so each one of us even if our employer to ask to give us that day off in terms of other days mm. so we would ask them so we sh- I should prefer to have a day off for Friday or I work on a daytime and I finish for work for yeah. about 12 hours 12 o'clock to go on Friday that is the big days yeah. and, term, and then one of the big things like my daughter was in at school or the mm. university what mm. we call anyway ARA and she is a medical imaging mm-hmm. the first year pre health and she's she's trying to kind of like pushing me up to uh, it was really strange with me like she's that I'm gonna meet you at the mosque mm. and I drop her in the morning at, and she said ah, I'm gonna meet you at the mosque or would you like me to pick me up or I'll meet you there right and she said uh uh, she finished earlier and she said, um, I'll meet you at the mosque. Mm. I'm now at the mall, so I'll catch up the bus mm. and I'll meet you at the mosque. Mm. I said, okay, go ahead. Mm. And me and mom will catch you up. And then we start our journey to come to the mosque. Suddenly, I fucked it up where he was parking the the man of involved with the shooting in the mosque. Mm. But not literally with respect of the, the net for coming up from the, the exits of and I couldn't park it there and I said maybe about just about 40 millimeter my boot back is the car there but I didn't realize that the car was sitting there was involved with the t- tragedy but uh, I've just reversed and then I got back finding up my place in about t- two minutes I find my park my way to come to the mosque mm-hmm. literally just about going in there then for for example you see Abdi at the mosque coming up and they say hi Abdi salam alaikum you know yeah. peace be upon you so for example if he's late they say jo- as a joke they say hey man what what happening for you are you going to do so your company is making a lot of money or just that's <laughs> what makes you to be a little bit uh, <laughs> yeah. behind off of your prayer no no it's okay we're just coming up now you know we're catching up and uh, it was one of my best best friend like our dad and he was looking after the mosque was mm-hmm. there as well mm-hmm. his brother Hussein we call him mm-hmm. and I told him oh brother Hussein assalamu alaikum how are you what happened to you do you come into light he's still uh, volunteering the mosque in terms of you come earlier to have your prayer earlier so mm-hmm. I said no 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 I'm just coming up and then finally if I had his disease that's, I was really shocked because mm-hmm. I was the one also calling him assalamu alaikum and uh, we went together if I we would sit down on about a minute or two minutes, I was all involved. One of the tragedy diseased people were there as well. Right. But I walked in straight up. Mm-hmm. In the seconds, I found like uh, the, the bullet because I, if I talk to my background, because I've just been about 13 years in the New Zealand mm. and living from the country when I was 15 years forget all about the gun shooting because you know we relaxed we mm. Mm. you didn't expect it here in new speak, zealand uh yeah because well why uh, don't we why don't we talk about 
that day and and what happened next. But next before year. we do that, let's let's jump back a little bit in back time, a bit of time, if that's okay. And yeah. we'll just tell a little bit about your own story because um, you've set the scene nicely. <laughs> yeah. But um, tell us a little bit about where you're from. Uh, I'm from Somalia, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Horn of Africa. Mm-hmm. He said East Africa, but I know there's somewhere different, but it's the same. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> we were just hitting the boat in the same way. <laughs> it's, the, it's the East Africa. So, yeah. Yeah, born in, uh, as a young boy born in Mogadishu, fled out from Mogadishu to uh, the East Africans, and uh, we yeah. ended up uh, living in Yemen mm-hmm. for two years. And then happened in the Yemen and the war again. This is the civil war between two Yemen's big. Mm-hmm. And we shocked, fleeing up, running out from war to come to war country. And right, then, yeah. And so this is the same sort of time, 1990s? Uh, 1990. I, I've left in 1991. 91, okay. Yeah. And yeah. We would just live around 92, 93, just we flying, running out of the war after war. Yeah. Yeah. We settled about two years, and after two years, the Yemen war happened, and then we started getting out of from Yemen again and come to Syria. I left it Syria oh, right. with my family. All of us came out and about paced up two boy, four boys, and one girl, and dad and mom. Uh-huh. And yeah, as, as young man, is like always to look the future. Where it is cause back home is. Clubs and no government, and uh, where you start, you stepping up, coming up to see. Also, it's getting out worse and worse, and yeah, what people started fleeing the n- new life to find it up, mm. life journey to Western life. Mm. So, what was it like for you? You know, leaving behind the old life mm. and moving to these new countries to establish, try to establish a new identity. As a know, children, as a child or yeah. a young one. Uh, with the guiding of your family, you never know. But right. just where you direct it, you just follow it. Yeah, because you see the decision is from mom and dad. Just mm. say where they find the difficulties, mm. uh, where they can find their children to have a good life. That's right. where they drop drove them out to us. Yeah, and then mom decides, okay, we find that this area is difficult, so we need this time to move up where where it's better and a better life that we can make sure yeah. our children education. Or, and which we find it really in Syria is a best country. So yeah. it's educational, welcoming, and having good life, and mm-hmm. we can live there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, until 2000, and uh, as a young man, grow up, and I can't stay only just eating, just you say, like uh, fish and chips all the time. Right. <laughs> 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 and I said to sister, people trying to get out of from the country, finding the Western life. Okay. okay. And I said, also me, yeah, that I've tried my best, my luck to, to move up. And mm-hmm. finally, I ended up in Switzerland about six and a half years. Right. After I married my wife uh-huh. from Krasjet, from Somalia, but living in Krasjet before me uh-huh. since 2000. Right. So that's the connection to New Zealand. <laughs> that's the connection to New Zealand. Interesting. That's brought me out. To, so everyone, everyone asking me, what makes you to drop you to from Switzerland to New Zealand? Yeah. Uh, that's a long history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it sounds like it's love. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I said it, it's a woman behind. Yeah, it. Anyway. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So, what? When did you move to Christchurch then? Two thousand seven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. I've been since two thousand seven here until now. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. And what's it been like for your children, like growing up here and things? Uh, as as 
as we all know, when I first moving from my country, mm-hmm. I've never thought that there is no other countries that I will go or mm-hmm. there is no other country better than my country. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they are now fl- uh, also believe because this is where they born and where they rest up. Yeah. I don't think that it's like they uh they flayed up last to September uh, November to 2017 back home and a young daughter she found it there is no better than a keep life that right. the services that we got here mm. as she said because I asked why that why is because mm. so we went to Hong Kong and we found it like the services like people would get angry and there's no appreciating there's no <laughs> welcoming right so you have to strive yourself and do it uh, open your mind and open your eyes and do your things when you are otherwise if you keep asking the question is people will get angry yeah <laughs> <laughs> so they've integrated pretty well then yeah. they they enjoy life here yeah so yeah. and they all grown up here and they yeah. want here so this you can say this is their home right this is their home so yeah. there's none unless we take them back home to somalia yeah. or they know about something but yeah. this is what all they know here now yeah that's cool yeah. i mean it's interesting when we use the word home isn't it because yeah. you used the word home when yeah. we went home two years ago meaning yeah. somalia right somalia yeah but actually for them home is home here is <laughs> yeah so that's yeah. what they say there's no better than home yeah it's yeah. when they were i spent it one day or two days in Hong Kong I see going to Somalia yeah 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 that's yeah. cool so yeah. now you're involved with the Canterbury Muslim Community Trust can you just tell us a little bit about that and and what it's doing yeah in, in terms of uh, be being on trustee in the CMCT because I as a Somali community here mm. the young born grown up his life and family rising up he is and got a lot of uses with programs mm. going on through and do something better to the community yep. trying to stand step up with the people who has already experience mm. uh, rather than you start by yourself because mm-hmm. you and I found it like uh, joining them with the CMCT they Mike one night invited invited me it's like as a muslim so mm-hmm. living in Christchurch and i liked their services how they people their approach and how they welcome mm. the hospitality mm-hmm. non muslim and muslims and how they work together and in two years i did like volunteering mm-hmm. just helping them the security or to sort in the the facility when we inviting people as Ramadan time we have four time Ramadan on four four Saturdays of Ramadan every night right and this where there we are my relationship start building up the activity that's the motive that I am the working with them mm-hmm. and I've been offered to become one of the trustee to work with them because mm-hmm. we need some people like you who want to try to work and help the community and they said well let's not why not because yeah. if something can help from the community yeah we won't say now we stand under this there we are now is we anyone who needs help or stood up with the starting from the build up for like a small organization or mm-hmm. youth want to help we try to try and help them mm-hmm. like like Abdi now we have like getting the linked with it we also said encouraging yeah it's the best way to stood up is it's for us also 
it's good way because to see a brother who's trying to make sure something better for the community to mm. stood and to stay with to stand with him and mm. do do a better job that's great for us also to feel very good i feel very good if i have to succeed i also feel better that yeah. means because that thinks this is doing it will help us yeah and he will help the other mm. and um, because youth needs many things to to encourage mm. to engage the like we've got a different car culture because we come here we're muslims but we've got different beliefs because we come here to new zealand but we're muslims but we don't want to be like isolated with the others mm. but at the same time we need to do something for to relay the community also to know where we are mm-hmm. and where we stand for New Zealand mm-hmm. to make sure that we don't do only isolating ourselves we just muslim yeah we need to yeah you're make not sure only like focused internally looking internally looking internal, internal. no, we're external. looking externally we look like to build up relationship with the other community mm-hmm. to make sure that we can work together and uh, reach each other and what we can make better way to live this youth for both community entire mm-hmm. so that's what we are and the trustment the, the CMCT staffs are really very hard worker as well mm-hmm. like brother no rob nick dictor hells victoria rakea or all the staff people working harder to stood up and the people are really friendly to mm. help to so we also stand like offer people to stay under the umbrella to mm. make sure that your processing goes out properly well yeah because you come up project it says oh look i need to help the youth it's really something to be happy to make you happy so because mm. some you are making me a less job so that i'm thinking like, oh maybe abdi's taking this job we encourage him like abdi look this is great idea so we work together we yeah. do it together yeah, yeah. so i th- i think the word i'm thinking of is collaboration you Collab- know that, yeah, that you come alongside others and encourage and yeah. you know whether it's the youth or others or yeah. sports or you know and it and it's outward looking so. the main for uh, this everything that needs for the youth right just like income in indoor sports yeah uh, basketball cricket or because our our users with it's not only best up just for sports if you see it wrong long range long range from the community maybe some people are interested in mm-hmm. cricket so we need to find it up as well that's mm-hmm. what abdi is trying to work out yeah is and also in our community we've got people who has used to play rugby player right and they came back to play football mm and now they're playing basketball so this is the range of the ideology changing most of the time mm-hmm. like you just gonna find it up what makes you to to be a footballer and then you go to the it's just a lack of choice mm. so then yeah we we have got all that sort of range and then we need it to work all those people to mm-hmm. make sure like a youth program and it's as our focus main focus is me and Abdi is the sports thing for the yeah. youth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, it's such a great way, as we were saying at the beginning with Abdi, you know, yeah. he was learning English yeah, so through playing sport. Yeah. And I think it does break down barriers in a way that nothing else does. Because if you've 
played a sport with someone and you've run around and yeah. you know there is a camaraderie that comes Absolutely. from that. I guess you play you not you don't only play the people who speaks only English. Maybe some people comes up plays right. Arabic people plays in Arabic. As yeah. I speak Arabic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some people plays in, in Faris and like this is like maybe curiosity you ask it. Yeah. 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 Well, that's awesome. And what we'll do is we'll put in the show notes links again so people can find out more. And um, yeah, I think for both organizations, they're both doing great things. And it's, it's really Absolutely. good to encourage. Yeah. Can I just come back for you, just thinking through, because you started sharing a bit about that day. Can you just tell us a little bit about your experience on that day and sort of what happened next? Because I think you said you were, you'd gone inside, right? And yeah, then, yeah, I, yeah. Just tell us as much as you can or want to about, about yeah, what happened. I, I'd like to say something because I don't want to keep it in me so what yeah. I'm feeling. It. And I've already seen that. And uh, sometimes I feel, people say, did you watch the movie? I said, ah, oh, no. What what movie? Because I'm the movie. Mm, <laughs> I already yeah. seen the, the right, right link of what you're talking about. And I said, I've been there. I... Just because in in the mosque when we coming up to the Fridays we pray two prayer before the mm. the main prayer. Mm. That's what I was mainly to do. Mm. And about just a couple of seconds before he started his shootings, mm. once while I started our prayer is to focus just for your prayer mm. when you starting, and we did. I stood it up with the praying, and people say realized that. Osman is praying, mm. but as a prayer, if anything's happened, like if Steve comes around, there's yep. no point that you you don't engage with Steve or you just focus right yep. directly on your prayer. Yes, that's what happened to me. And if I am beside Abdi sitting there, or this thing kind of things happening, I will have to grab Abdi with me. Mm. That's what happened to me. Because mm. the people grab me. Put me into because you were so focused. Oh, that's all. What we all we all there. Yes. And if someone prays it, all his focuses all is on his prayer. Yes. And if I see that Abdi is praying and the the place is fire or the place is like shooting that happened, I have to grab Abdi with me mm-hmm. because I have to distract him to come out. Right. Because otherwise he will got a fire or paint there or he will mm. got got killed. Mm. So that's what people that did, and they take me out and put me under beside the hole, and then the man already was there, was shooting people around, and we've seen the dust coming up, and it's like people shouting and calling mm. to great Allah. That's the time we realized there is nothing right on the day, mm. and yeah. And was we have you been to the mosque? I've only been on the outside. On the yeah, outside, yeah, you yeah. must welcome to see it come yeah, outside and see it because yeah. even that the voice that you're hearing is mm. it's like you could like say iconically it's like iconing in your ears. Mm-hmm. There where we got like a big dome. I see. Yeah, it's yeah. Echoing the uh, the sound, and that's what happened. Is the microphone was on. Right. The imam was speaking. Yes. And the microphone was on and semi semi automatic was clashed in there and it was like more likely that there was no one. Not only one person was doing this action, it was so many people was doing it. I see. And people were shocked. Because of the echoing yeah, and, the, the echoing, the, and, it, yeah. and you probably can't locate 
can't sort of locate where, where the sounds coming are coming up, from. Coming up and yeah. that's where the people shocked. People split to two way. I see. West to east, and he was in the middle, and that's how he started shooting everyone mm. to each wherever he can reach. Mm-hmm. And I was ended up the one on when it, when when both sides anyway, one of the side that most people died. Right. And in a few minutes later, I got shot at. I realized that I've got shot at. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm feeling that a pressure, a breathless, there's mm-hmm. people on top of me. Because ah. the dead people was top of me already, was, has been shot at. Mm. No way to get out. No way to breathe. Mm. And uh, try to act like you are dead. Mm. Because he was come to us on top of us and shoot people on head mm. most of the time. Mm. And uh, always I'm counting that I am one of the third person, maybe second one or first one got shot at again back. Mm. The third time that he come to us on the mall, uh, on the top of us and he he went outside. There's no chance to, to me to get up, but he was too fast mm. to grab the things, the other one again and start shooting. Mm. The second time he gone out, that's the time he took a bit longer because he started shooting people outside. Mm-hmm. That's the time I got up. I found the window broken and I drilled and jumped from the the wall. Yeah, and what happened next? Yeah, the next fire we found like so many people escaped from the, the shooting were well, behind the ball. Mm-hmm. And those people trying to, they don't know where they are. Because mm-hmm. we, as we only came to the mosque, there is no point that to go to other end on Naples side. Mm. And like such a things happen, everyone is confused. Everyone is trying to survive, make sure where he's going to be. Mm. And we can we got locked up anyway. Mm. And yeah, shooting going. There is no way that you can head out and maybe mm. if you try say I'm going to help people and you will also die also. Mm. So so many people died like that, mm. got shot at. Because you're trying to make sure like Abdi got shot at, you're trying to help Abdi and they, he's going to see you that you're still alive and getting someone's life saved, mm-hmm. you get there as well. Yeah, That's what he did most of the time. He got advantage from that. Yeah, But for, for me, running... Skipped, guess that's already the old people already got shot at, mm. and uh, I ran, still thinking, traumatized, thinking still he's behind me running, right, running. That's what makes me to jump from three meter wall, yes, <laughs> to Adrenaline, and uh, even people trying to say we will help you. I said no, get off my way, my way, right. Because there's no point to hold me up because maybe who knows that I will be in a minute standing is gonna shoot me. Mm. That's what I still now I got my backache. I don't know. That's what the doctor says. That maybe in case really of because the of the really jumping jumped onto under you are already wounded. I see. Yeah. And finally, use the girls. Uh, there was one girl and walks to to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Flossie, mm-hmm. I should say that's she. This one mostly helped me, and this was helpful girl. Mm. And there's a girl, her boyfriend. Was there? I couldn't remember his name, but she told me. But she, he's the one drive the car to the hospital to us. Mm. And there was other boy also. Jacob was called. I met. That's what I met him. I see. 
and yeah, we those three people were helping people going up, taking to the hospital, coming back. Right. They, they, so they, they were driving people were driving back and people forth, back yeah. and for forward, coming wow. back and pick it up, and they risked it themselves as well. Yeah. Is, he was still there while they were doing that. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's 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 all my history. Yeah, and then oh, thank you for sharing. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just as I'm listening, I'm yeah. sure for you, after you've heard the story, I'm sure, but just yeah, it's, it's just so it's, shocking. It's, it's really shocking. I guess uh, w- I could see him when people shooting, but I can't do nothing. Yeah, because yeah. I already. Nothing to to move. I can't move my my half of my body. Yes, and yeah. if I move, I might be also one of the dead person. So, yeah. And he went the second chance. I started to get away from there mm. and make it to get out mm. and try and help people. But there is no chance. Yeah. All people has already got shot to diet. Who yeah. has been laying down just waiting for Amplast to come up. Yeah. I had mentioned that your daughter had said she would meet you there. Was that? Yeah, my daughter was there. She was there as well. Well, I got shot at my daughter and my wife was Mm. there as well Mm because I thought... So did you know, yeah, (laughs) did you know where they were or what was happening? The woman, uh, woman side. Right. But, but by the time I got shot at, I also realized and I thought that no one is life Mm. because what happened is he's, Keeping shooting people, keeping shooting people, mm-hmm. and uh, you hear the shouting. Woman, they were shouting. Kids were shouting. As luckily that time was not much who kids there, mm. and there was not much people like there like today or a couple of days before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, what happened is when I jumped, I called my wife. I didn't call my wife, sorry. I just called my daughter because mm-hmm. I know my, if I call my wife, there's many questions. So, But I called my daughter and I heard their voice. Since I heard their voice, she said, Daddy, are you all right? I'm, I'm fine. Uh, what about you? Where Are you got shot at? I said, uh, when, I, when I found it like they are really uh, confused, either mm-hmm. I'm dead or either I'm shot, I said, Dad, I'm okay. Are you guys okay? She said, Mom is a bit worried about you because mm. she, she heard that you get shot at. I said, Dad, I'm fine. I turn off the phone because mm. I don't want to make more about them. So mm. I said, Dad, I'm fine. And I'll catch you up later. Right. And then, yeah, I called the police at the same time next time. And then I will find a doctor who was there. People did tell you that the people were not concerning what's behind them. Mm. But finally, I just make sure that I found that my family are right. I just I settled. Yeah. And I heard that this man, young man, was behind us, surrounding all his house. Because people are really frustrated. Mm. And he was saying, I'm a doctor. What can I help you guys? Just quiet down. And I take that word of his. He said, I'm a doctor. Right. And I raised my hand. I said, guys, guys, can you please quiet, calm down? Because the man, he's not out yet. He's shooting people outside. Anything that you guys needed, go ask this guy. He's a doctor. He's, he's the one who can help us mm. and lead us to get out of here. Mm. And, give, and I give my phone to him. And that's why this, those two rescues, the first responder, came to us. I see. For that reason, and this, and he said, "Thank you, God." And all I ask it is to give me the water, uh-huh. because when you got shot, at, I know because people will feel thirsty and they frost, their body get as it's used bleeded too much. Yes. So you need the fluid. Yes. 
when I I drink the water I felt like a bit painful mm. yeah but at the end we find it up as as we talking about Atta he was also was my best friend I didn't know mm. that time because yeah. as I said Friday is our best day because yes. even if we walking we come to the praying yeah everyone who has his business he comes up yeah and I wasn't even really thought that he would be one of their yeah lost that we've got yeah i was really said no i don't think so mm-hmm. sometimes because we have a really close relationship having a lot of meetings yeah to with his office and he helped us a lot for yeah. for us yeah. to no, yeah he was doing us the uh, the digital speech what we when we do like for example doing the digital writing for on mm. A speech or whatever the minutes that we do for our meetings right it's really was helpful his office we did that we've are, we've associated so many program like eight days like last year what we have done and mm-hmm. we've got all the youth people who motivated to come there yeah and discuss what we have to step up for the next future yeah. for the for the yeah. well that, that's cool and I'd love to talk about that but with both of you I think um, yeah. because I'd love to and thank you so much for sharing as well Thanks because so, I yeah. think yeah. part of the part of it is that stories are powerful and they're important yeah. and it yeah. and it it does unveil I guess one person's experience you know Absolute. it it, it helps it not to be um in the dark. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. so yeah, the intention here is that it's actually sharing in a way that people can understand what what it was like, what what but what I'd love to understand for from both of your perspectives is thinking about those events and just understanding a little bit about what's happened since then and how you think it's affected the communities that you're involved in um and um yeah it, you you can define community however you want <laughs> um maybe turning to you abdi just thinking about that you know what have you seen as the full on impacts or look um i've seen a overwhelming response um from you know starting from the first responders mm-hmm. all the way out to uh you know your local neighbor whether it's um the businesses that uh donated their time and material to rebuild rebuild the mosques whether it's um mm. <clears throat> endless people coming and bringing flowers uh people just coming if they don't have any gifts just coming to say you know yeah that we're with you or support yeah, we're you, with or, you yeah um and some people like were very sorry even though they did not do anything they yeah. just felt some sort of um you know need to apologize and we tell them look um this happened to you as much as it happened to us so mm. There is no need for you to apologize but this is a time for us to you know come together mm. and uh, do the exact opposite of what this person was trying to do is trying mm. to tear us apart so mm. really that was one of the, that was one of the themes that came out in the days afterwards was actually yeah. this is done the opposite of what the person intended because yeah, it's so actually yeah. unified and look at these crowds coming out to mm. you know to remember and 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 to to celebrate the the lives that were lived that were taken too soon mm. you know but that that there really was a cohesion so you definitely see that from your perspective your community that's what you see definitely definitely like a lot of good things has happened um it's sad to say but you know that it had to take something so tragic but at the same time we have to be positive mm. be you know um think in a positive way where we don't go into like a dark hole or a dark space instead mm come out share with the community you know be one 
as you heard Osman's story, that's one of you know many stories, mm. and there are many many stories, uh, and also many stories of people doing good as well. Um, so good things coming out of um, this tragic event. So look, um, New Zealand is probably one of the best countries in the world, if you ask me, mm. and it's um, the way from you know our prime minister um, all the way to our lo- local MPs have responded to this was um, amazing. Mm. Um, I was fortunate enough, me and Osman were fortunate enough to um, uh, meet Prince Williams and mm. uh, which came, which he personally came down to the mosque uh, to share his condolences with um, the New Zealand community. Mm-hmm. So everywhere, everywhere we turn, we've seen great support. So mm. we really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I think um, there'll be many good things to come from now. Mm. And how do you think, because these events happen and then time passes, how do you keep the the um, the impetus that started? You know the the good progress that's been made. How how is that something that can can continue in the long term? Do you think? Uh, I think the best way that you know the good work that not just you know the Canterbury Resilience Foundation or um, CMCT, the uh, Canterbury Muslim Community Trust, uh, not only them but other organisations that are stepping up and saying, you know, what can we do? How can we help? So by that, the first person or the next person is going to expire the, the next person. Mm-hmm. So I think working together, uh, collaborating, having more dedicated people on your side. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't it's, a matter. Word, it's a word we used before, wasn't it? Collaboration, yeah. right? Collaboration, <laughs> yes, yes. So yep. it doesn't matter what little you do. It's yep. the thought that counts. So, mm-hmm. you know, simple thing is just people bringing flowers to mm-hmm. the mosque might just change someone's day so yeah. it doesn't have to be an enormous uh financial support it can also be emotional support mm-hmm. uh, em- emotional support sorry so uh it's a great way it's a it's a, it's a great way to come together mm-hmm. um and i believe like i said we need to turn this into something great mm. yeah mm. no that's good um and I guess just the question I have is in terms of um, helping to educate people who don't know much about your community and things, what are some of the messages that you'd like them to hear or or understand? Look, the main message I would tell them is come to the mosque, Um, whether it's uh, Dean's Avenue or Linwood, Mm -hmm. come to one of the mosques, um, see firsthand the people Mm -hmm. um, that come worship there. Uh, it might not be a tragic story. It might be just a simple story like, hey, I'm your local electrician Mm -hmm. or I'm your local plumber. Um, And we've had experiences where people have lived right around the mosque but have never been inside the mosque. And once Mm -hmm. they come in, their their conceptions or whatever they thought before they came in changes when they walk out. Mm -hmm. So they were like, you know, we didn't know that, you know, your, your community was so welcoming. We didn't know that you had an open door policy, um, which we always have. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately, this you know, horrible person took advantage of that open door mm. uh, policy. Not saying that now we're going to lock the doors. They're still as open, if not even wider mm. than it was bef- uh, before or after this event. So my advice would be, yeah, come to the mosques, come to the um, local gatherings, come to the Eid festivals, come to the uh, sports uh, events. And then speak to the community firsthand and see uh, not only, you know, our stories and what we have to offer, but, you know, mm. how we can also 
benefit from everyone else's cultures and everyone else's uh, uh, beliefs because I believe that New Zealand is a multicultural country, mm-hmm. a very accepting country, and um, everyone has a story to tell. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. And Osman, just turning to you, um, just thinking about, I guess just thinking about the future, um, what what would be your dream of, of New Zealand, you know, let's say 10 years from now, um, compared to what we're at now, like, yeah, 10 or 20 years from now, what, what, what do you think we could make this country? As, as in New Zealand, I... If we're here now, this small city, mm-hmm. Christchurch as a garden city, we know, and has already approved that our city, garden city, and we agreed that we don't leave someone messes up our garden, working together that as we started to work together, no matter, as Abdi mentioned, for what whatever belief you are, it's your faith, and that's what we believe it's. I'm not charged on your faith mm. to refuse or accept. But as now we've got our mosque, where the tragedy happened, mm. and where our respect place, worships, and we did don't respect to our fellow brothers that believe different mm. beliefs. And therefore there was a lot of people also has already come. And we always welcome them. Mm-hmm. And then we also need people come on learn or we learn from them as well because mm. coming to someone knocking door that time that you know mm. what is this person is welcome or not welcome mm. and then communication is the main things mm. so we communicate and we always keep a saver we always believe that New Zealand is the most no one was expected that what happened crash it will be happen for next thing years. Yes. And that's what we are now wanted also. One person take advantage and, and we don't need to follow that person mm. and keep and guide us what we, he has done to be succeed mm. and make all our people follow that that path. Mm. We need to stop that. We need to come together. Mm. As we kept this flourish city like we will see mm-hmm. that is, is our reality that mm-hmm. is our city flower city mm-hmm. it's a garden city mm-hmm. let our flower flourish and mm-hmm. stay together mm. and it's our government done the most what they can yeah the units that has been done also the first responders we never forget that mm. and they've also we cannot say that we also we only get hurt they also seen worse mm-hmm. which they have never seen it mm-hmm. they also get traumatized mm-hmm. we're wishing them to also to be recovered what they have seen mm-hmm. also to stay study and acknowledge what mm-hmm. will, will become future to prevent our people not to happen again mm. yeah that's good yeah and i like that image of the the garden city and yeah. you know flowers are very diverse colors and <laughs> different that, shapes that's what, and that's what we believe this yeah. was look at this if you go to the uh as a city center mm-hmm. as the, we were recovering from eight years mm-hmm. earthquake yes and city how long and it took to be locked out and it's like for certain that every road has been open you feel f- better mm. we were not having a 
<laughs> car parks and we got now our car parks to come back to normal hmm. it's like a, a baby crawling we were learning our again to our we forget about the older car parks and we were learning the new development car parks hmm. now hmm. so that's how we have to look find it up our mind fresh hmm. and let's keep away anything that makes us miss hmm. and keep our environment clean hmm. That's how we have. The we can survive anything. That if now, I say if I say I don't care. It's not I. I said I don't care to my to to my fellow brother. It's I also said I don't care to myself mm. because I didn't guide myself. Mm. How can I guide to you or to him? Yeah. So to be all all together, we have to care each other. Mm. That's what I say under. I've learned a lot of words as a kikaha, mm-hmm. aroha. So I look. This is what is my first point for you of learning the other language also. Right. Or uh, what it is because I speak <laughs> Germany. <laughs> right. And <laughs> <laughs> I said also though I learned Germany, so I could learn also the other language, which is my English also is getting more stronger and day after day. And I speak, I spend it all long days for years in here in New Zealand. So yeah, mm-hmm. we would like to make sure that. To acknowledge ourselves, not sitting isolating each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank well, you. I I love hearing both of your stories, and I want to thank you both for coming on the podcast and sharing. Because the the purpose of this podcast is to hear from different perspectives thank and you. to hear, um, yeah, hear different life stories. And so I think it's really important to. Um, acknowledge that there is differences that there are different flowers in the garden and um, hopefully people who are listening to this will have heard some different perspectives that maybe they wouldn't have had a chance to talk to both of you so um, yeah thank you no thank you Stephen and thank you for giving us the opportunity and this platform and I you know I hope somebody um, out there is inspired by our stories and we're looking forward to hearing many more stories on your podcast and seeing other people's journeys and experiences so we thank you for your time yeah, no problem. Thank you very much. I'll thank Sabji and you too. You've given us your most of your time. And we must welcome any question. You must also welcome to come to and visit us to the mosque. Yeah, Our doors is open. That's what we say in all time. Our doors is open for every time. Mm-hmm. And we don't let anyone take advantage for this. We were secured and we will be secured. Mm-hmm. That's why we say... Kikyoha, mm-hmm. and well, I'm saying Kiora is just sort of first greeting, and now we learn to Kikaha, Kikaha. So, mm-hmm. look, that's how it is. This is this all about the incidents we learned, mm-hmm. but what we learned from the incident, we need to learn more about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you very much. Stephen. Oh no, it's a thank pleasure. You. I really appreciate your time coming in and just hearing your life stories as well. It's been fascinating. So thank if people you. want to know more, they can look in the um, links and find out more. So thank you both. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, I do hope you enjoyed that conversation with Osman and with Abdi. I know for me, there were obviously several things that stood out and you could hear in that interview that we were talking in a lot of depth about many serious topics. I think one of the things that stood out for me was that idea that collaboration is so important going forward, that an event like what happened in March is something that could either drive us apart or bring us together. But it's going to take hard work and positive attitudes of everyone involved to be able to use it as a catalyst to work together going forwards. If you enjoyed this episode, then consider checking out some of the 108 other episodes in the back catalog. 
Until next time.